Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always are my good buddies, Eddie Guevara and Chuck Caputo. Gentlemen, what's Ooh. up? All right. How's it going, everybody? All righty. Welcome to another episode of our fantastic podcast. And before we get into uh, seeing what's new with you guys in today's discussion, everyone out there, we have the Mastery Mystery Robot Model Contest going on. If you're not aware or even if you're you're halfway into it, head over to houseoftheunusual.com. It's the top one in our forum. It's right up top. It says Mastery Mystery Robot Model Contest. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, man, because it's really cool and you have a uh, chance to win a really cool prize. So the rules are simple. Head over to 1878press.com, and I do have a link in the, the description on the form. Purchase the Mastery Mystery Robot Model and anxiously await for its arrival. Just complete the robot and send in a photo or video of you with your completed mastery mystery robot model to House of the Unusual at gmail.com. Panel of highly trained monkeys will pick the best <laughs> finished model. One winner will receive a fully colored seven foot Frankenstein monster poster, a value of over $140. Wow, you just pay shipping and that's it, and you get this great. Uh, frankenstein monster poster and there are some photos of it on the forum site so hurry entries must be submitted by september 1st 2022 at 12 a.m eastern time the winner will be announced on september 5th 2022 by email and on the forum site the lucky winner will also be praised to the highest standards on an episode of the house of the unusual podcast so don't forget head over to house of the unusual.com and Get your mastery mystery robot model contest information. I tell you what, Chuck, I uh, I'm not in the contest, you know, but I did start on my <laughs> my cheat cutting it out, and it yeah. is it's very tedious. Whoever whoever puts this together is definitely you know, and they they take their time. That's right, and they do a cool robot. They'll definitely earn that uh, that Frankenstein monster poster, and and I know you put one together not too long ago, correct? Yes, I did. You know what? It took it took a while. You know what? It's a fantastic, very nice looking robot, man. You know what? But I'd like to see this this uh, panel of monkeys. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> it can, yeah, I think it consists of me, you, and Eddie. I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but yeah, I tell you what. You know what? I just a, a little uh, tip for people out there that are going to tackle this. Just you know, take your time and don't try to do it all at once because exactly, exactly, uh, you, you won't be able to. I, I used an exacto knife to cut mine. And I did about maybe about five to eight, you know, about five pieces a uh, a night. And that, you know, doing about five pieces will take you maybe almost about an hour. Or so if you if you take your time, get some nice cuts in there. It's a thick cardboard, and you'll see it once you see the uh, the plans. There, there's a lot of intricate detail on there that if you don't take your time, it's going to come out looking like a mess. But it, <laughs> you know, just enjoy your. You know, I enjoyed myself. You know, Chuck and Eddie, I had a. Uh, I grabbed a cold beer. It was late at night. I put on a uh, a classic monster movie on the TV, and I sat there for an hour, and I, you know, I cut out some of these pieces. 
That's right. Hey, that's a hey, that's a nice way to spend the evening. You're right. Just do it piece by piece. Don't rush. Take your time, man. No hurry. Yeah, I tell you, and it, and it was really fun. It was really kind of, you know, it was really zen like. I was just, <laughs> I was kind of in, you know, just relax. It was, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, we definitely want to see uh, some people joining that up. And I believe the the plans are twenty four ninety five for a thick stock of cardboard, and you will not regret this. It is it's very cool. You won't find this anywhere else. So one eight seven eight press dot com or head over house of the unusual dot com. Check out that form site mastery mystery robot model contest, and the links are in the uh, the description there. So all right, we got that out of the way. Um, Hey, guys, also check out, I hope you guys, everybody out there listening, ordered number seven of Stupid Comics magazine because it is out. And shipping. I received mine last week. It is absolutely fantastic. If you don't know what we're talking about, man, you guys have to get on board. StupidComicsMagazine.com. That's stupid spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D. If you haven't got any of the issues, you could go on there and they have a great price for all of the back issues. So zero through number seven, they have eight issues total out. They're all fantastic. They are a combination of like Mad Magazine, Cracked, uh, all those old black and white comics rolled into one. They feature some great artists and some great writers with original stories and artwork. It's you can't beat it. It's great. So uh, and also make sure when you get your issue, check out the back. Uh, I believe it's the the last page. There is a full ad for House of the Unusual on there. Ski did a fantastic job, so uh, much appreciated. Guys, check that out. And last but certainly not least, MyMovieMonsters.com. Issue number 127 for Scary Monsters is uh, shipping now. So all you got to do is head on there, click the link, and you'll be able to get your very own Island Ghouls issue. Scott Jackson did some great work on the cover once again. There's some great articles in there. I do have one uh, as well, so make sure you check it out. And also be on the lookout because number 36 uh, of Castle Frankenstein Magazine will be coming this fall. Pre-orders are available now, so make sure you click the link on there and check them out. All right, that's enough of, of house cleaning for now. We'll at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about our YouTube channel and some stuff with us. But we wanted to get some of our friends uh, and uh, colleagues out of the way there and try to support them because you know we're we're all about community here and we want this community to grow. So speaking of that, uh, Chuck, I'm going to turn it over to you. What's been uh, new with you this great summer? Uh, you know what? We've been taking it easy, man. I, you know what? I finished up a whole bunch of shows, you know, so the last maybe five, six days, we've been pretty much taking it easy. I've been working on a, working on a few projects, you know, uh, you know, uh, trying to catch up with, you know, with a few things that I'm building. And I did do my homework. Speaking of scary movies, uh, Joe, I did watch Air, uh, It, Terror from Beyond Space. Awesome. Cool. Cool movie. Excellent movie. Highly recommended, you know. I love the monster. I love the I yeah. love the way that monster looked. He was like a stowaway inside the spaceship. I love the uh, very calm demeanor of the guy who was accused of killing his, you know, like six or seven of the crewmates. He, yeah. goes, no. he goes, no, I didn't, I didn't do it. You know, I would have, I would have been screaming. What, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? You know what I mean? And he, very, very calm. <laughs> it yeah, was it was. Yeah, did you did you kind of see the correlation to the original Ridley Scott Alien movie? I did. I did. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of just one in the same movie almost. And it was, uh, you know, for that the time of that movie, which I, I can't remember the exact year offhand, I believe it was 58 or somewhere around there. But right. just the special effects were really cool, especially that of them uh, walking on the rocket outside into space. I loved it. It was cool. Man. Yeah, I mean, it was, I can only imagine, you know, audience at that time watching this movie and what they were thinking like oh man that's that's yeah. awesome that's how it would be out in, in space and everything and yeah yeah and i think that was supposed to take place in 1973 i think it was supposed to be like futuristic if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah so that was so that was futuristic 1973 <laughs> you gotta you gotta love a lot of these movies from like the 50s and they talk about the future but it looks exactly like it, it did in the 50s <laughs> <laughs> but that was a that was a cool movie man you know what and i like the uh the monster the monster was really neat yeah did uh sherry get a chance to watch it she did not, but I did. I okay. I I checked it out. And it was it was really cool. I think I saw it years ago. There's parts of it that really look familiar, but it was a really neat movie. Highly highly recommended. Yeah, it's one of those movies that they've they've played on TV. And like I said, I I want to say I either seen the whole thing or parts of it long time, 50, yeah. 20 years ago or so. And I, I when I was seen it at Monster Bash again, I really didn't remember much of it the only part i really remembered is when which i thought was really funny is when the guy had the shotgun through the door and the monster grabbed the shotgun and he looked <laughs> all surprised <laughs> yeah that was wild yeah that was cool yeah. oh so, man good. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it and uh we'll talk more about some monster movies at the end here but i want to see what's going on with our buddy eddie over at house of the unusual i know he's been doing a lot of hard work over there keeping up the uh the YouTube channel and the uh, the website. So Eddie, what's new? Hey, what's up? How are you guys? Um, well, it was kind of interesting because I was looking at the uh, YouTube channel and I noticed that what's getting a lot of hits are uh, <laughs> Chuck Cemetery tours. Uh, <laughs> tours to the cemetery. It's getting like a lot of, uh, which is kind of interesting. But um, it's like anything that's interesting because you never know what people are into in a certain week. And you can have a, a one particular video that you don't even think is going to do that well and skyrocket above the rest you know yeah that's... um this is what happened with this week's uh, cemetery walk but the um overall thing is that you know everything's been going i'm still working on the uh list for the youtube channel i have a, i think 200 and something videos that i have to sort and relist again wow relist meaning that they're there but i'm saying change the name in where the playlist they're in so that it's kind of hard to go through all of them and set them in. So it's a little harder than I anticipated, but I'm, I'm doing that. The other thing that I was kind of like, um, wanted to tell people out there, whoever takes the contest for the robot, um, if they go online and search for the Houdini robot, they'll see a picture of that paper model and they might be able to figure out where the parts go because it's not 100% clear on the actual poster. Um, so it's kind of like you got to really guess there. So if you get there, you get an idea exactly where the parts belong, and it's an easy build instead of, you know, breaking your head apart. Um, other than that, um, everything else is pretty good, Joe. Awesome, Go awesome. So, hey, guys, I have a um, – let's see. I have a great movie for, for this week for everybody, and um, – I actually said this is another Monster Bash movie, and it was a first view for me. So I actually just remembered it today, and I, I really wanted to pass it on because it's an obscure pre-code 
uh, film. It's it's more of a thriller than a horror, but it does have some horror aspects uh, to it. And I, I don't want to say much about this movie because the uh, it has a very twist ending. And there's certain things during the movie, you know, that, that could give it away. So all I'm going to say about this movie, it's called The Double Door. And it's uh, from 1934. It's directed by Charles Vidor. And it's written by Jack Cunningham and Gladys Lehman. And it stars Evelyn Venable, Mary Morris, Anne Revere, and Kent Taylor. And it, uh, it was first released on May 4th, 1934 by Paramount Pictures. Again, it's called The Double Door. It's It runs about 75 minutes. And like I said, it's more of a, it's more of a thriller, but it has horror aspects into it. And the, the woman who... See, I don't want to say to it. There's the woman who's the main character. She plays such a good role that you you start that you really start to hate her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and her name is Victoria Van Brett in the movie, and she is played by Mary Morris. And I'm telling you what, she plays such a uh, domineering, uh, evil woman that. If you guys ever watched Game of Thrones out there and you remember the character of uh, Joffrey the King. Oh yeah. Th- that kid played such a good role that you started hating that that <laughs> that king. I mean, you I remember watching it and, and seething at the the TV screen going, I just want to reach to and strangle this kid. He's such <laughs> you know, you know the way he is. And if you guys seen Game of Thrones, you you'll know what that is. Well, that's the same way for this this character uh Victoria Van Brett in, the, in this movie. You just want to go to this this mansion and just rip her a new one but um the the story the story is very good it keeps you uh interested in the movie and what's going on and the ending is a it's a crazy twist ending and um it's very satisfying we'll we'll put it that way so definitely check it out you could find it on youtube um, again, it is the double door from 1934 and I tell you what I, I love any movie that that's pre-code and you know this is right around the time when the uh the the code was just you know starting to take over so this this is right on the cusp of it um but yeah pre-codes are just they're fantastic movies i always look for anything you know what if i'm if i don't know what i want to watch for the you know that night or that week i always maybe try to look at for a list of pre-code whatever it is horror sci-fi uh, thriller film noir because there, there's just so much more to the story it gets just so much more in depth when the, when the code took over i believe it was um like around july 1st of 34 it really kind of softened up the movies a little bit and um you know there, there's a lot of information on the code uh, the you know the code out there Hayes code and, and what it did to uh to hollywood in the movies and all that you guys could you know go out and read a little bit about it so yeah that's it double door have any of you guys uh seen that movie no i have not but i will definitely check it out sounds neat eddie have you ever heard about it actually to be honest with you joe it sounds interesting no i haven't heard about it either yeah Um, it's an obscure it's an obscure little movie i I had never heard of it before uh monster bash so i'm glad they uh they played it you know it's kind of like the uh when you guys were talking about the other movie that i told you guys i saw it only a few months ago, it from outer space, whatever. Um, it's a great film. I was just not too happy of the ending, though. 
I, 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 I agree with you guys. It's an awesome film. Uh, Jim, my buddy, says it's the best film ever. Uh, he gets mad at me when I t- but I said the ending could have been a little better for me, I think. <laughs> but anyway, other than that, that's all I'm saying. It's a good film, though. And yes. yeah, it's the same thing as Alien. I agree with you. Yeah, it's yeah. The ending could have been better. A lot of those, a lot of those movies, you know, thirties. Hey, Joe. Oh. Really, Joe. You know, I nothing, think you so. You, you, you know, a lot of. Joe, and, if you can hear me, you. A lot of newer movies are the same way. I had recently watched uh, the new. Well, he's fading. Yeah, I was trying to tell him. I don't know if he heard me when I said you left us. <laughs> I he was telling me I think that um it's pretty hot or something, so maybe he's having some outages, Chuck. Yeah, it Over, is really I'm, I'm sure he'll be back on. Yeah, Pittsburgh is wow, it's a scorch rider. Very hot, very humid. And uh, you know what? It was actually drizzling earlier today. And uh, but it's it stopped now, but it's very, very hot. Wow. You know uh what I was thinking, Chuck, it's kind of funny though, because I um you know, especially in the Pittsburgh area, I was looking at some of like the houses in the area and it's so easier to live in Pennsylvania than New Jersey, you know? Yeah. They're they're really nice, uh, phenomenal areas over there and, um, and stuff like that. I guess we'll probably have our our friend Joe back on, on the spot here. Uh, he just likes, I I have a feeling he went on one of those ghost tours. What do you think? (laughs) Maybe disappeared. Yeah. You know, Hey, I'm going to try to make it to Kecksburg, Eddie. That'll be on, um, um, is it July 23rd or 24th? Whatever day is a Saturday, we'll be coming you back. Guys there? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so Joe, I, I disappeared or something, man. The, yeah. uh, the monster <laughs> from beyond space came and yeah, grabbed it, it got a hold of yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I was telling Joe. I, I was telling Chuck, <laughs> hey, Joe, uh, I was trying to tell you that you dis- when you were talking before, you cut out completely, and then you went off completely. So did you hear me? Yeah, I, I, you know what, I could, I could still, I was able to still hear you guys, and I was trying to say something. I'm like, well, they can't hear me. I don't know if my, uh, I'm looking at my internet now. It's kind of going low. I, it's probably because everybody's running, you know, their air condition and everything. And there's, I, I tell you, with the last week here in Northeast Ohio, there's been power outages everywhere because of, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure it's been like that everywhere because of people running their air and everything else. So. If well, I dis- if I disappear again, send well, out the uh, the rescue party. Joe, be- before you heard me trying to reach out to you, go back about five about two minutes and then start again because nobody heard that part when you were talking about like the movies. So what, go what ahead. What did I leave off on? Because I, I was talking about the um you know about the end the last well I was talking about the ending on movies how the thirties forties right. and fifties you know some of them they just kind of ended and it was it, it was really you know. You're like, oh, what the heck? You know, shouldn't there have been more? But I was watching the new Spider-Man movie um, a couple weeks ago, and the ending was really lackluster for me on that. So it's not really old movies. There are some new movies that that have these lackluster endings. But yeah, you're right, Eddie. Some you know some of these old movies, they just kind of you know usually the guy hugs and kisses the girl, and then boom, it's over, and you're like, that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know. I, I was going to see the Spider-Man. I was trying to watch it. I, the Batman I wasn't too happy with. You know, it's three hours long, and it was kind of lame, you know? I was kind of surprised because a lot of people were saying it was good. Now, with Spider-Man, I hear it's good. I haven't watched it. I'm going to probably try to watch it sometime this week. 
Um, it, it's not. I I didn't. I tell you what. I didn't like it. I, I'm a huge fan of the Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah. I absolutely William Defoe as the Green Goblin. He, he's one of my favorite actors. And you know, I, I've read the comics for the last thirty years, and they did not do the Green Goblin justice in this movie. They yeah. really watered him down. He should have been, you know, the ultimate bad guy, evil. And then at the end. They fought him real quick. Boom! It's over. Movies ends, and you're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've heard that two comments. I heard people say the Spider Man is good. Some people say it's not. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I might, but I do like the first Spider Man that did come out. What's the name of that guy? Toby, you said. Toby McGuire. Oh, he's yeah. he's fantastic. I yeah. yeah. My favorite was especially when the girl that played. Uh, remember that she takes off his mask and kiss. I thought that the movie was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I, yeah, I did too. And I, I never watched the uh, the Andrew Garfield ones mm-hmm. just because I, I just, yeah, it, the whole thing with, with them doing, with changing everything up, I just, I didn't like it. But I tell you what, he was, um, he was very good in this movie. I actually, he made me, and just to hear him uh, as Andrew Garfield talk about the Spider-Mans and how much he respected uh the characters and Tobey Maguire and all that and how he uh, how he kind of felt towards them. It, it, just listening to that and his performance in the movie, which I thought was fantastic, it makes me want to go back and at least check out his, I think he did two movies of Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought he did very well. Tobey Maguire looked fantastic. Uh, the new kid that, that does Peter Parker, I can't remember his name off offhand but uh he, he does a great job as well and um it, it was just some of the villains were very lackluster yeah you know you want them to be you know your your heroes are only as good as their villains yeah, if, <laughs> yeah if you have weak villains you're gonna have weak uh weak heroes and you know they wanted to do like a sinister six type thing but they only had five of them i don't know why they didn't have the rhino involved that would have been absolutely perfect, but they kind of—I think—they kind of dropped the ball on that. And like I said, they—they, they, the Green Goblin—he is like the absolute evil towards Spider-Man. He is—he is the bad guy, his arch nemesis. He is his, right? You know, he is his, his bad guy. He—that—that's who he fights. That's who ruins his life. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this Green Goblin, was very watered down. The fight, the ending fight, was lackluster, and. I just I, I rented the movie off of Amazon and I'm like I, I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> you know uh, when you're saying that it's kind of interesting. The Rhino also appears against the Hulk a couple of times, doesn't he? Is it the, the Rhino? Yeah, isn't that the, the same Rhino? Because I know that the um, he he the, may have, but he was more of a Spider-Man uh, character. Yeah, he was one of the original uh, original bad guys for him. Yeah, I swear, I remember there's a Hulk, uh, I think it was an album or some, uh, one of those records, like read, that, you know, you hear the record and it reads the comic book. Yeah. Like, and I remember seeing one that there was like a rhino and, and some other beast, and they were trying to go up against Hulk, and then he jumps out of the air and they crash into each other. <laughs> That's right, when you said the rhino, you kind of reminded me of that. Now, let me tell you the honest truth, though, when you're talking about films, like, they, you, it's just the same thing. When you go to Batman... The one that this guy, um, Batman Begins, uh, what's his name? The actor? Oh, I, I can't remember. He used to, he was the one from True, or what was that vampire movie that all the teenagers yeah. like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, 
I can't oh think God. of it. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up right now because that's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna bother me. But he also did that film, The Prestige. Robert uh, Pat- Pattinson. That's Who? it. Robert Pattinson. No, that's not the one. That's not yeah, that's who. That's who's in the new bat. That's who's the new Batman. No, I'm not talking about the new Batman. I'm talking about the um, the Batman Begins, the second, right before the Dark Knight. He did the trilogy. Christian oh, Bale. Um, yeah, Christian. Oh, Bale. Chris, Christian, oh, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Christian Bale. He did right. the Prestige as well. Christian Bale, the Batman Begins. I think is the best film of all of them. He. It was awesome. Great film. I love him as an actor. Um, I think there's talks to bring him back at, in a fourth film. Yeah, because I got to be honest with you, this guy who played Batman, uh, this whole Batman was lame. It wasn't a great film. Uh, I don't think this guy is a great actor. He he's, he looked more like he was doing uh, the Vampire Diaries. I think he did before, <laughs> you know? uh, His hair was always, I don't think he's a good Batman, but um, Christian Bale did a phenomenal part. I think it was great, but let's get back. The other films I think weren't as great. Batman has better films than Spider-Man and Superman. Superman, the very first Superman with Christopher Reeves, if you remember, guys. Oh, absolutely. It, it was, was phenomenal, cool. but then it cool. kind of got screwed up in the ending when he spins the earth back in time. That was a little yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, Margot Kidder played... Uh, uh, yeah, she did. Uh, Lois yeah. Lane. Lois yeah. Lane, that's right. I met her in person. She was a really nice person, to be honest with you. I met her like twice, and I spoke with her a while, but... um. I got to Like I said, the last Superman, that was a horrible film. He punches a guy and he goes through like four cars, <laughs> you know. And then um, with the Spider-Man films, I think like those the beginning were better. Uh, but then again, the new Batman film was just lame, man. That was like three hours of of, of wasted time in your life that you're like, why did I even watch that, man? I tell you what, way back when I was a kid, I was a Hulk fanatic. I I love the Hulk. The Lou Ferrigno. Uh, yeah, oh man. You know what? And then like even going back before that, like the late 60s, you know, I would read the Hulk comic books. That was my favorite. I was always a Hulk fanatic. Oh yeah. yeah. Those yeah. those those uh Hulk covers from like the the late 60s and 70s were great. I remember going to the uh flea market near me in the oh gosh, this would have been maybe late 80s, early 90s, and those were some of the first comics I ever bought. They I remember a box of of Hulks being there for a buck. Oh my god. I would only I would have, you know, eight, ten, twelve bucks on me, and I would, you know, buy as many as I can. Usually the guy would give me a you know a deal, give give me a a couple free. But yeah, I would go there every I'd cut grass during the week. (laughs) Whatever money I had, I'd take it up there and I'd buy the the Hulks. And that's I tell you what, the Hulk the Hulk was too cool. You know what? Way back in the way back in the sixties out here in Pittsburgh, we only had three stations. We had channel two, four, and, and channel eleven. And then when I was about maybe seven or eight, we got channel 53, but it, uh, but, but it took a special hoop. My dad had to hook up some kind of a UHF hoop on the back of the TV. And, and so that's when we tuned into the Hulk cartoon. That was about 1969, maybe 1970. And oh, was, yeah, those were great, too. It was too cool. Oh, man. Yeah, I tell you what, with the, all, those, all those cool cartoons from uh, – well, you had um, Super Friends. You had the Spider-Man uh, right. cartoon. Those were – all i i loved all i thought all those were really cool great stories and then you had uh what was the um what was the marvel one it was like it was it super friends what was spider-man yeah i think it was super friends with spider-man yeah, yeah. ice man and then um mm-hmm. the spider woman i think or starfire something like that right right and then what was the dc one with all the the characters 
Oh, that was the was it the Fantastic Four? They no, had that that was Marvel. Uh, oh, Marvel, yeah. It was the Super Friends. Uh, I don't think they had a. The Super Friends had DC had Superman and had all that stuff on it. That was the one, uh, Joe. I don't think there was like two separate shows. I um, remember the, the Super Friends had uh, Superman. It had they had like a bunch of them. Aquaman. Right, right. Yeah, that was yeah, that's right. DC was the Super Friends. Which one was the uh I don't remember Marvel. I don't that's why you're throwing me off when you're saying Marvel. I don't remember that one. Um, I gotta I gotta look it up here. Yeah. Um Aquaman was cool too. I almost forgot about him. Aquaman was neat. Yeah, but you know what? The Hulk, I agree with you, Chuck. I used to love the Hulk comics. I always thought it was so funny the way he anytime anything was gonna happen to him, he did what Joe would do. I, I gotta <laughs> like, I'm just leaving and leave the show, you know. <laughs> he did before he wanted to go check it from the above space, whatever, and yeah. he jumps on the craft and left the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, I think uh, it was it was Spider Man and his amazing friends. Oh, okay. That's Spider Man. Spider Man and his amazing friends. It was uh, Spider Man, Ice Man, and Firestar. That's it. Okay. Yeah, ran in the eighties, eighty-one to eighty-three. That's right. Uh, you know what the problem is at that time, Joe. I was kind of married already, man, so I didn't really watch that. You were watching cartoons then? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I got married, and I. Oh, no, he was honestly, still watching cartoons, but yeah. No, 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 no. I kept watching, but I didn't watch the Super Friends of Spider-Man. I only watched um, Bugs Bunny and. You know, and the Hanna Barbera ones. Oh yeah. And then yeah. I got married, and I got into this Star Trek, uh, which was so funny. Growing up, I didn't like Star Trek. I liked Lost in Space, and I watched for like a whole year, man, every single day, every Star Trek episode with me, my wife, and brother-in-law. We used to watch it on a religious basis every day. It was funny. But uh, were you collecting? Were you buying? Were either of you guys uh, collecting comics around that time, seventies or eighties? Yes course i tell you uh, what Joe. you know what um i i think a comic book back in those days when i was real young was like a dime maybe 12 cent if that and i would i would sometimes get a dollar you know like if i would take back pop bottles to the store and i would read the comics but at that time you know what collecting wasn't in my, my mind i just read the comic book i rolled it up and put it in my back pocket you know you know if you probably look at it nowadays it was a it was a highly collectible uh, comic book but i just put more well, or less just rolled it up and put it in my pocket you know yeah. <laughs> well, I, I joe I, you can attest to this because you're a comic book collector and i say to a lot of people between 1980 i think or 81 and 85 or so the only comic books you would see in stores were the archie digest comics yeah that's true yeah you, the comic books cease to exist man there was a, like i was saying to myself i remember i would look for i'm like what the heck and there were no comic book stores anywhere in New Jersey, to be honest. You know, the only place that you could buy a comic book store, there was a store in New York, which is still there, called Starlog. And I think they're the only ones that had, like, comics. But I know they still published them. I have no idea where the heck they sold them in the continental United States. But up to, like, 1984 or so, uh, comic books were like, oh, and then all of a sudden they make a resurgence that was amazing. Yeah. It just like comic book stores everywhere. Um, uh, it was crazy, but well, I know prior prior to the comic stores, you had a lot of uh, pharmacies carried them, and a lot of um, kind right. of like like smaller uh, specialty markets that had you know magazine. You know, a lot of magazines would carry the comics, but you go candy, into, like what's that? Candy stores had them in a little rack, and, and yeah. Go by right. Richie Rich and, and Casper, and then they cease to exist. 
And then they made, made a resurgence to uh, publish them, I think in 1987, 88, around there, right with the wrestling magazines. And then that's when they had a special ad, like Harvey Comics. You could run a full page ad, Joe and, and Chuck, for like 650 or $700 a month for six months, correct? In other words, you pay 700 and you got six months on it. Wow. Johnson Smith jumped on that ship. And to you know, make a long story short, what do you think happened? They sold the rights to Disney. And then they, that's it. Harvey got destroyed, I think. Like, you ain't yeah. going to see no Casper or stuff like that no more. Because <laughs> they, Disney's going to push Mickey Mouse on their place, you know? And they also bought Bugs Bunny and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're in a situation that you're not going to see much of them anymore, I think. That's why you go go online and find the uh, all the classic. originals. Yeah, it's called classic comics. Sometimes I'll pop on there. There's different different two R, three R type you know, versions. Joe, really cool. Joe, what can you say about those missing years in comics? Do you have any idea why that happened? What 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 missing years? I'm, t- I'm telling like between the eighty and eighty four. That I'm telling you, there was no comics anywhere. Why? I mean, it, like anything, it 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 goes with the market. I think. And, uh, you know, there there were comics, but they were probably very, you know, hard to find because you had a lot of sports cars that were big at that time. That's and not true. until about 82 was uh, toys were getting very big because the, the cartoons were coming out. They were like longer advertisements. So they were pushing a lot of the a lot of the toys. And I remember comics at that time being at a local um uh pharmacy that was you know locally ran and they always had comic books there from from talking to people from the 70s is that they they had them there but they were it's like anything with the market if they're going to sell people will put them out if if they don't think they're going to sell you know know, they're not there was i remember a um in a a city adjacent to me there was a, a huge magazine kind of convenient it was a convenience store that had a huge magazine say i mean absolutely huge and talking to some people was that they had always carried comics there from the 50s wow and up until the day that they closed so i think it's it was just a matter of are they going to sell and if they didn't think they were going to sell in that area because you got to remember comics at that time were geared towards kids not adults right right so if they didn't think that there was any kids in the area or if there wasn't the market, they weren't going to sell them. You know, it's just, you know, kind of supply and demand. Yeah. So I think that was a big issue with it. And if, you think- look, if you look back at some of these mom and pop stores, I know when I was real young, there was one place called Wise's uh, mom and pop store. I mean, it was, but I don't know. It was maybe four feet wide, maybe like 12 feet long. It was almost like a little tunnel that you walked in and they had like a whole stack of comic books, you know, like on a shelf on the right left, they sold penny candy. It was like all catered to kids almost. It was really cool. And uh, you know what? And, and back in those days, it seems like penny candy was pretty big unless, you know, I was a five-year-old kid. So, so it, it may look big back then. I don't know, but, uh, but it was actually pretty good. I mean, if you come in there with a, what, you know, with 25 cent, you got quite a big, uh, big bag of candy. Yeah, I think Joe, I think, uh, Chuck, uh, Joe hit it on the head right now. When and I just realized that that's exactly what happened. Uh, kids weren't buying comic books as much in 1980. No, you're kids right. We're not playing games, video yep. games. Yep. And you know what, Joe? You hit it on the head when you said that. When the comic books started reemerging, it was now 
core towards an older audience. It was an older audience. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. That's why all the comic book stores. And let me tell you, one of the biggest things that I got excited about in 1981 through 80, when WWF was getting very popular with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, one thing that happened is that the wrestling magazine started reemerging with all the mail order novelty ads. Mm-hmm. And there was about four companies that started. One of them was called Brad's Fun Shop. One of them was called, I think, Deer Creek Products. And I was excited. You know, everything came back. The Hercules wristband, uh, that band that you that they always showed in comic books. They showed a guy with, like, really strong. Oh, those were cool. And, and remember, he was breaking wood, and he had, like, yeah. two weights, two round weights on the thing. And that's when I got mine. But that's, you're right, Joe. I think you hit it. You just I think that, it. that's kind of odd, don't you think, that they would have mail-order novelties in in a wrestling magazine? <laughs> oh, well, wrestling magazines were geared to, you know, young kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they were selling the x-ray glasses again. They were, uh, uh, that's when I started getting into mail-order. In fact, that's when I started in 1985 is when I first ran my first ad. I could see I, them maybe doing like the Charles Atlas they know, did or something in there. They did. They did. If you take any wrestling magazine from the eighties, Charles Atlas has full page ads in all of them. Right. Like, that's how you get big and become the next WWF wrestler. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, wrestling was huge back then. You know, eighties and and nineties, and and I think the thing with the comic books too is that you know they in the early 80s they started to become more collectible too people realized how rare some of these books were so it started to boom it and then you know people got interested in comics again so it caused these stores to to start selling more just like anything you know it goes through baseball cards you know right now you're seeing a resurgence with uh vinyl records and you're also starting to see a small resurgence of vhs tapes so everything everything goes you know in its its circle joe uh just like you're saying man you're hitting everything see today joe is one of those wise man you know hey you're sharp you're sharp wow joe is so wise today you know i I did my my zen training this morning (laughs) but i I got my thoughts (laughs) no i I gotta say joe i agree with you but one thing i'm going to tell you that you guys probably don't even realize is half of my mail order novelty stuff from when i was a kid i was able to purchase them in the early 80s in the wrestling magazines the ones that I had as a kid that I didn't purchase. So uh, the seven gigantic dinosaurs that used to sell for a dollar, I got that like in 1984-85. And ready for this? I purchased that out of a Psychology Today magazine. Wow. They were running that Psychology Today, started getting in the bandwagon with mail-order ads, Popular Science and Mechanics, and Boy's Life magazine. They were packed with Johnson Smith. Oh yeah, Boy's Life, I remember that. Oh yeah. No, no, but they got a, they 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 kind of like late 70s, early 80s, they they there was like a year they were a little lame and then 80 on they got packed again and got packed. Uh, I remember seven pages of classifieds in Popular Science magazine in the early 80s, everything from how to build your flying saucer. And then in 95 when the internet came on, it started kind of dying off a little bit. And that was it. The death of mail order again. Yeah. Now, what would be the what would be the thinking of putting a mail order advertisement in something like Psychology Today? 
Hey, Joe, I don't know, but I that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, I, I could tell you one thing. One another big thing, and because I'm I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm the guy that bought everything you could imagine. <laughs> so the on the 80s, there was a resurgence of the 200 mile per gallon carburetor in popular science. It was called the Peugeot carburetor, cal- 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 and I can't pronounce the word. Believe that carburetor. Carburetor, yeah, yeah. And then they had um, how to build a flying saucer. And I purchased it during the, you know, in the popular science magazine in the 1980s. But psychology today, and especially a magazine, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, it's called Mother Earth News. Mm-hmm. They were packed on how to start your own mail order business. Like that's when, um, how to, you know, jo- Joseph Kosman started reselling his How I Made a Million Dollars in Mail Order. And if you guys are familiar, Joseph Kosman is the guy who made the milk, you know, the uncle Milton and Farm. Uncle Milton was actually his uncle. And, uh, you know, he did the spud gun, all those famous classic mail order. In fact, I don't know if you guys are aware of it too. Joseph Cosman is the guy who first started selling the 100 toy soldiers for the, um, you know, for a dollar. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? Wow. And then the Lucky Toy Company took that over. But, um, y- you know, you can see that if you ever read the book, How I Made a Million in Mail Order, he'll tell you how he came upon those soldiers. And I was lucky enough to be able to talk to Joseph Cosman one time. I actually called him, I think, twice. Uh, first time, I only had like five minutes with him. Then I had a more, you know, vivid conversation. And the guy was really a phenomenal person, man, really nice person. Um, and if you look at all the fads and the trends, I mean, since I was doing magic uh, 1985 or so, I mean, I've seen I've seen kids that are crazy by cabbage pelt uh stickers uh, oh, garbage, yeah. garbage pelt kids uh pogs uh spuds mckenzie was about 1986 or so it was like one thing after the other it was like wow like non-stop and then they would drop interest as fast as they 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 got into it it was crazy yeah well that's even that uh pokemon was big in the pokemon. late 90s and now it's it's you know coming back again and it's it's huge i mean there's mm-hmm. some of those cards are worth a tons of money and you know, people wait in line to for these new packs and everything to come out. Oh, and it's, I, I'm waiting for Pogs to come back around. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Pogs years ago. You know, you know what? Like, I actually have to keep up on my jokes and stuff because you know what? Way back thirty some years ago, I used to tell jokes about Spuds McKenzie. If you yeah. mention something like that now, you know, kids are going to go, like, "What? Who Spuds? What?" You know. <laughs> I tell you, I still if I find some cool looking Pogs, I still buy them. I yeah, a couple. Eh, yeah, a couple of months ago, I, I found on eBay they were Universal Monster uh, Pogs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were still in the um, the package. So I picked those up. And about um, three years ago, I found at a comic book show, I found a uh, Star Wars Pogs, and it mm-hmm. was still in the original. It still had the cardboard uh, display case, which was open, and there was something like I don't know thirty packs in there, and the guy was selling. Um, all the pack, you know, there, there was maybe 40, 40 to 50 packs in there. Cause, and the guy was selling, uh, all the packs, I think for a buck 50 or something like that Yeah, right. or two Why bucks. Not? And I said, Hey, I said, if you give me a deal, I said, I'll buy everything and take the, the, you know, with the cardboard and Absolutely. You know, I got a good deal on it. But I, I, if I find pogs, you know, I, I try to buy them and usually they're cheap and I still have, a whole bunch that I bought in the nineties, which were mainly um, like superhero or cartoon right. ones. Right. Yeah. And there's then, some cool ones out the, there, man. 
Oh yeah, no, I had fifteen. What twenty years ago? It was it was the Beanie Babies. I mean, every, oh god, every oh, kid I did shows for was showing me Beanie Babies. I said, okay, okay, you know, there uh, are tons of Beanie I'm, Babies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to spread the word so that uh, Pogs can come back again and Joe can be rich. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, we got to bring Pogs back, man. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you the one thing I always liked ever since I was a real young kid, and I think they're built still being made every once in a while. If I go to Target, it seems like seems like they still sell these the old wacky packages. Those were great. Oh yeah, they they have uh, done some of those in the, but they're they're expensive now. I think you get what like eight cards for like three or four bucks. Oh like yeah, that. oh yeah, the prices are through the roof. But you know what? Those were hilarious. Oh, oh yeah, man, I still got some original ones that yeah. I, I. And then the drawings on it were just unbelievable. You know, oh, I love the wacky packages, man. They were great. Oh, yeah, they, it's good to see a lot of that stuff come back around so like i said vinyls vinyl has been blowing up and now vhs is you know there was what's that um uh that one that just sold a couple of weeks ago for what like thirty thousand was the um uh back to the future dvd yeah some special edition one still in the package and it sold at auction for like thirty thousand. and a lot of people they want these vhs's not for the movies or the tape but for the the box cover art. The box cover. Art. You, you're kidding me about that DVD, are you, Joe? I'm gonna look it up right now and see how much it, it sold for. Uh, let's see. I thought it was a few grand. I think it was a special edition one. I I have that special edition. Uh, I mean, if it is the one I have, uh, send me a picture because I do have Back to the Future on DVD. I'm gonna tell you something though. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it didn't sell for thirty thousand. It sold for seventy five thousand. Oh, oh excuse me. You know, you went out. Wow. It, it was graded. So it was sent in. I guess there's some type of grading uh, thing for it. It was graded at a 80 plus. And it doesn't look like it's a special. It looks like it's just a regular in the package. I, I'm trying to read and see if it was open. Uh, it looks like it's uh, it looks like it's open, too. Wow. Send me I, a link to the, if Joe. I have that one, <laughs> Joe, send me a link because I want to see that. But um, right. you might have to put, that, put that on eBay, Eddie. I'm sorry, when did it sell on eBay? No, uh, let's see. No, it sold at Heritage Auctions. Okay, yeah, because the problem is with eBay when they sell, they they try to pull a stunt like that with the uh, Disney films, and what happens is that it, like, you can put a thing on eBay right now, charge a million, somebody. Um, you know, bid on it, and then it'll go through as sold, and then I would say, hey, cancel the bid, and in the back end, you know, you didn't really sell it, but yet the people would see in, in sold auctions that it sold for that, and it will probably make the newspaper, but it didn't really. Okay, so this is, this is what it's saying here. This is why it went for so much. I'm going to read directly from the article, and Eddie, I just sent it over to you. It says, Sometimes nostalgia comes with a big price tag. A sealed near mint condition 1986 VHS tape of Back to the Future recently sold at auction for $75,000, setting a new record for videotape. Wow. The VHS copy was owned by actor Tom Wilson, who played Biff Tannen in the classic 80s film. Wilson originally listed the tape along with others on eBay, but took them down when he received an overwhelming response. He then reached out to Heritage Auctions in Dallas to conduct a proper sale. 
Wilson's collection included sealed and graded VHS tapes of Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3, and 1990's Back to the Future trilogy box set. What made this collection special was Wilson's offer to write a note to accompany each tape and sign each shipment. Wow. So there's a little bit more than just the uh, the tape going for that much. You, right. you and a lot with you know from this action. Is it worth seventy five thousand? Uh, obviously, to somebody it was because it says a New York based collector won a bidding war for the Back to the Future VHS copy Heritage Auction and said, adding that the seventy five thousand dollar price tag was the highest price ever paid at auction for a sealed graded VHS tapes. It says VHS tapes are experiencing a resurgence among collectors with heritage auctions fetching big money for such films as the Goonies, Ghostbusters, and Jaws. Wow, look at that. So, you know, and there's, I'm guessing if people are going to pay big money for them, they're going to have to be um, perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah perfect, unopened. Because yeah. I've seen like the Goonies, Ghostbusters at, at flea markets, and you could find them on eBay for you know a few bucks that that are open then usually they're pretty banged up because at the time they were probably at some kind of you know video store and they got you know handled a lot banged around a lot dropped so i i guess finding a good one might be you know kind of hard with that but yeah i, I yeah. you you got to have some extra spending cash to to spend <laughs> 75,000 on this yeah, yeah, but you know what, guys? I fell for that. The reason I was telling you about eBay is because when I saw it on uh, TV, I, I think it was TV or AOL, oh, uh, Disney's movie sold for 30000 I went ahead and purchased uh, all those first edition Disney movies on VHS. I purchased <laughs> 10 of them and spent $84, which I regret so much. It's crazy buying those stupid films. Eddie, hey, I, got, I got a buddy of mine gave me... I think 40 there's 46 uh Disney VHSs. A lot of them, you know, the the Black Diamond one, some are unopened. And I have them on eBay and I can't even give those things away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean they they don't they don't sell I mean they don't sell. I think some of those auctions are people you know who who might have, you know, fake accounts who say that they buy them. Right, something's up. Yeah, they're. I, I think they're trying to drive up the market because I've had these things on there, forty six of them for, you know, less than a dollar or yeah, less than two dollars a piece, about a buck fifty a piece, and wow. I can't get hits on them at, at all. And I just want to kind of get rid of them. Yeah, you know, maybe, if you, I, maybe if you toss a pog in or something, you know, I don't know. Oh, I'm not giving away my pogs, Chuck. <laughs> you, you know, you know what the problem is with the Disney ones that it's not only are they huge. But then they had those stupid uh, plastic boxes that take yeah. your space, and you know and that's kind of why you know the the Disney movies I I want, I have them on DVD. I I don't want all these VHS ones, and they're just taking up too much room. Where I could put some extra pogs, man. Send me pogs. <laughs> Who's out there that wants to trade uh, pogs for Disney tape? Well, I want to trade comic books, Joe. I'll give you ten Disney tapes for. Uh... <laughs> You know what's funny, Joe? If, if I find any pogs, which I believe I have quite a few, I'm going to send them to you. Um, the only I'm thing telling I... you, man, we need to make we need to make a resurgence of the pogs, man. That way, the ones that we have will be millionaires, and we could, you well, know, we could like uh, who is it? Uh, Uncle Scrooge when he would dive into his <laughs> uh, 
his thing of gold coins, we'll dive into our room of pogs. <laughs> well, Joe, I'm going to say something. The pogs, you know, and this is something you might not really know, but when I was a little kid and, and Chuck, you know, there was a game called Battling Tops. And the way it was, you had tops. They looked like pogs, but they had long little sticks in the middle, you know. And you put it into a ring, and then they fight. I remember you that. It, you know, and it was called yep. Battling Tops. And I think whoever started the pogs, must have gotten that that particular uh, thing and copied it. Now, one thing I'm going to say to you when you guys say about Pogs is that Pogs did make it for a while. They were selling them like crazy, but they reminded me because of their size and stuff to that. Remember the co collector thing I told you in the 1970s? I spoke in a show that you would get this 50 cents piece uh, uh, things that you would put into, into a, an album. Yeah. Made of, and, and then you would win a bike. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of that, and I kind of wanted to get into Pogs because of the fact that I used to love battling tops and stuff, and I do have several Pog uh, rings where I think you had to, like, launch them and stuff, but I got to tell you, though, um, I never, I think I was too old already when in, they were around. You, you know what, Pogs, <laughs> Pogs remind me of, uh, p you know, pinback buttons. Yeah, 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 right. You know, they're, they, they were big at one time, and now everybody tries to sell them for you know a, a penny at the flea markets and and can't get rid of them and there's just tons of them that's kind of what pogs remind me of but i i, I rarely see pogs anymore you see pins everywhere you can go to any flea market and find millions of of pins there yeah, the there pins. are some that are still worth some you know good money from the 30s 40s and 50s especially the the premiums but pogs you just you you never see them around i i think yeah. a lot of Kids either threw them away or parents. That's exactly it, Joe. Away. I think, yeah, I think they threw them away or garage sales. They sold them. It was, yeah. that was so many years ago. Oh, I, I can't. I I never see them. Like I said, if I see no. them at conventions, I, I scoop them up. And I've only seen them at at one convention one time, and that was the uh, the Star Wars ones. Yeah. Otherwise, I've never seen them. I've never seen the slammers or the the cardboard pogs. Slammer, yeah. Those darn people, man. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I I do have. I picked up. Uh, actually, a buddy gave me, um, four unopened packages of Kool Aid pogs, and I they were they're all the same. I kept two of them, and I actually sold two on eBay. And honest to God, when I put them on eBay, within two or three days, they were gone. They were gone. They they sold that quick, and I, I really wanted to sell the the third one, but there's a part of me that wants to open it and just keep one in the package. So <laughs> I'm not going to sell it. I already sold my my two, but yeah, they I I was surprised at how quick they went. I mean, as soon as I the first one within a day, the second one within two or three days, I, I was absolutely surprised. And I know Kool Aid stuff you know does pretty well, but I figured yeah, Kool Aid Pogs, you know, it's you know I, I'll put them on for you know. I think I put them on for like 10 bucks, you know, best offer and nobody even offer a best offer. They just, they grabbed them. They just bought wow. it. You know what? You just don't know if it's going to sell. You don't know. I mean, things like that have happened to me too. I'll, I'll put things on. Hey, Hey, but I know we're getting short on time here. You know what? I want to get back to the wacky packages real quick. Yeah. I, out here in Pittsburgh, there, there's a few guys probably about ooh, 25 years ago or so they, they got together and they made their own version of wacky packages i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it it's called you slay me and um no. they're, yeah they're like really cool and it's got like a monster theme to it you know i went to a flea market i guess about maybe eight years ago and so they had a brand new unopened box of these you know like a huge box that holds like maybe 
30, 30 uh, separate of these. And, and so I said, well, what, what exactly is this? He said, well, me and a few friends of mine got together and we kind of redid the wacky packages. And it's, and it's really cool because they're like monster themed. They're like, uh, you know, the Wolfman, uh, the Mummy, Dracula, and so forth. But if, if you have a chance, check it out. You might be able to find them. It's called You Slay Me. Yeah, I'm looking at some photos online now, and they they, they got like those old – remember when they did the old uh, monster picture cards with like right. a – like a comedy saying at the bottom that's you know what these look like with some fan uh, fantastic artwork Jeez, oh the, oh, the artwork is great yeah you know what the guy told me the guy that did these he, he actually told me yeah that a friend of his was the artist and I'm they were really really cool like they'd say hey, hey let's go out tonight and uh eat italian okay so they showed this little <laughs> italian guy laying laying on the table and and like the, and these monsters were they had forks and so forth you know it was I'm, cool. I'm looking at one right now it's a card of they're they're on a beach and there's two guys in um like scuba outfits one you know with the goggles the tank the flippers holding a harpoon and there's two aliens that are looks like they popped out of their their flying saucer and they're pointing at the the scuba guys and it says earth monsters full speed back to mars (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you know what they they were really cool i was surprised how nice they were hey uh do you guys remember Wacky Packages coming out on uh, Wonder Bread? They used to be free in Wonder Bread at one time. Oh, I think I do. No, I don't. Yep. Yep, they, they were free. I think before they actually became, they started in the early 70s. I could be wrong in this, guys, but I think it was, I know Wonder Bread used to have those weird uh, cards in it. The cards in and it, yeah. And Kool-Aid, you could always order something in back of a Kool-Aid packet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like oh, Bazooka, yeah. Bazooka Joe. Hey guys, those uh, you slay me cards. There are a few of them on uh, eBay for fairly cheap. Um, some of the packages they have one package for three eighty five, but shipping six bucks. That that's a lot. You got to really look on there. There's some uh, single cards. There's three of them for ninety nine cents. So uh, if anybody's interested, like I am, I'm gonna definitely check them out and and see what I could find because. That's some fantastic artwork, and it looks yeah. like it's in the eighties. Yeah, I, you like, know, yeah, it was it was back in the eighties, something yeah, like that. Maybe the late eighties, somewhere around there. But I'd highly recommend getting it, man. They're really good, and the artwork is top notch. I I guarantee you guys that they got the name from when Ralph says to Alice, "You're crazy," and Jesus, I call you killer because you slay me. <laughs> you slay me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, we got about two minutes here, so we are going to wrap things up here and. uh I want to send everybody out there listening over to our YouTube channel, House of the Unusual. Eddie and Chuck are always putting up some great uh, videos there weekly. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Subscribe to the channel, like the videos, uh, get your notifications and all that for it. And if you haven't, subscribe to our uh, our free forum site at houseoftheunusual.com. We do have that uh robot monster thingy whatever mastery blah 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 challenge that we <laughs> talked to at the beginning listen to the beginning you guys know what i'm talking about i'm not going to reiterate that but that's there check it out and also man very important man which i really want to start pushing this is whatever platform that you guys are listening to us on uh please you know subscribe to our our channel and and leave us a review the reviews really help us uh, get us out there to the public. The more reviews, the, the better. And, you know, the algorithms really push us out to uh, to different audiences and all that. So make sure if you're on Apple or Spotify, subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. Leave a review. 
all that good stuff. It, it definitely helps us out. And I, I'm going to speak for Chuck and Eddie on this. We want to thank everybody out there who listens yes. to us every yes. week. And um, there, it really means a lot. I know we got people all over the, the world that listen to us. So definitely want to thank everybody. So, guys, that's all we got for today. I think we covered a lot of uh, cool stuff this week. And, uh, hey, hopefully we'll have Sherry on with you next week, Chuck. Yeah, we hopefully. Can, yeah, that would be great. With her and I'm going to. Uh, yell at her of why she didn't watch the uh, the It movie. <laughs> Hopefully, she watched Double Door. It's not um, gruesome or anything, but I think that um, I think she would enjoy it. And I think everybody out there will enjoy the Double Door. So, Eddie Chuckman, that's all I got, guys. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and good night. Okay, God bless, God bless. man. Take Bye-bye. care.